let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Welcome to Refocus, brought to you by the Ina Road Church of Christ. Our mission is to help busy people refocus on Jesus. And now, our minister, Caleb Grimes. Right now, in 2018, you are 100% perfect attendance for church, right? Like, you're, you're at your top right now. Um, how many of you have already broken a New Year's resolution? Be brave and raise your hand if you have. Okay, a few. Yes, okay, yeah. Uh, well, the good news is you only have to wait 358 more days and then you can start again. You can try over in 358 days in 2019. Aren't you glad as Christians we can have a new beginning today because of Jesus? You don't have to wait 358 days to start again and try again and, and have a fresh new start. Jesus gives us that fresh start every single day. His mercies are new every single morning. Um, if you want to take notes on today's sermon, just open the app, click on sermons and notes, and then click on today's message, which is called Embracing Unwanted Change. There was a guy whose health was just going downhill, so we went to the doctor. The doctor told him, you're in terrible shape. You're in, you're in such bad shape, you probably only have a month to live. I mean, the only way you have a chance of surviving is if your wife takes all the burden off of your shoulders. She needs to do all the chores around the house. You need to stop working so hard. She needs to take care of all your kids and make sure they, they don't give you any hassle during the day. And so the man said, okay, well, could you call my wife and let her know because it will mean more coming from a doctor than coming from me. So he goes home and he meets his wife who is in tears and she comes up to him and says, I just got off the phone with the doctor. You only have 30 days to live. <laughs> change is difficult. Unwanted change is really hard to embrace. She didn't want to change for her husband. Loved her husband, but not enough to change, right? Unwanted change can be really hard to embrace. Um, you've heard this before, right? If, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? Now, there are a lot of things that aren't broke in our lives, but I would suggest that we don't live by that motto because of this sound. Uh, can you play that sound? Do you guys recognize that sound? All right, you can turn it off. That's, that was internet dial-up, and it was slow, and you had to ask your mom or dad if you could borrow the line. It was, it was terrible. It, was it broken? No. But thank God someone decided to improve it. I mean, if we still had that with our phones and our internet connection, like, thank God there is Wi-Fi. There are things in our lives that they might not be broken, but maybe we need to improve them. Maybe we need to figure out a better way to do it. And um, so embracing unwanted change, I want to point out that we're going to focus on unwanted change because there are some changes that we want. Like we, we like the new car, we like new clothes, uh, if our toilet is broken, we like a new toilet, okay? But today we're going to focus on the things that are unwanted, the things that 
seem to come into our life and interrupt our life. The, the illnesses that make us have to adapt to a new routine. Um, there are some people in California this year that lost their homes to the fires. And so this is, a, this is an unwanted change. This is really changing up their routines. This is really messing up uh, the way they did things. And uh, so we're going to talk about unwanted changes. Now, some changes are positive, like winning the lottery. Some changes are negative, like winning the lottery. Because you can win the lottery, and then people can treat you different, start asking for money all the time, and then you don't even know if they're really your friends or just want your money. And uh, there's a lot of people who have actually won the lottery and have been miserable. Um, and I just encourage them, donate that to the church. You know, get rid of that blessing that those, and those, that, that curse of money. But some changes are good and some are negative, and the same thing can be both. How it's, it depends on how we look at it. Michelle Salt was a, a model. She also was extremely athletic, and she bought a motorcycle, and she got in a wreck, and this is uh, how um, she's described after her wreck. Both of her legs had com compound fractures. Bones were sticking out. Her knees, hips, clavicle, back, and pelvis were smashed. Her, tor her torso was facing a different direction than her lower body, and her lung was punctured. Her uh, femoral artery had been cut, and she was bleeding to death. So she goes from a healthy body, a lot of promise for her future, to this car accident that brought this unwanted change. Um, she ended up surviving, but she lost her leg. She lost one leg. All right, so all unwanted changes are basically losing something we don't want to lose, like losing a leg or... Uh, this couple, Tom and uh, Letitia, they wanted to have kids, but they didn't want to have kids right away, so they waited a few years. Then they tried to have kids, and they couldn't have kids. And then, and then they felt bad about, why did we wait? Maybe we could have had kids earlier. Now we can't have kids. And, uh, and so what was being lost was their dream of being parents, a dream of giving birth to their own child. And so any, any unwanted change is a loss of something. A, a, maybe you had a dream of retiring early, but then something came up and you have to actually work for 10 more years. And so there's this loss of that dream of early ret retirement. In the Bible, in Mark uh, chapter 5, we read about Legion. And Legion was a man who was uh, driven from society because he was so strong and he was crazy. He was possessed. And he wasn't possessed by one demon. He was possessed by a legion of demons. And uh, people at first tried to bind him up with, with uh, uh, chains, but he was so strong he would break out of the chains. And so he lived by himself, lonely and in torment. Jesus crossed over uh, with his boat, got out, and legion ran over to him, fell on his knees. And Jesus ends up healing legion. Now the demons, before they exit they say uh please don't uh do anything to us just let us go into that herd of pigs and jesus says all right so this legion of demons goes into the pigs the pigs run into the water and they drown it's kind of a crazy intense story it would have been even really crazy if you were watching it and you were there okay but after the demons come out legion is in his right mind he realizes he's naked he gets clothes on and then the town comes out because the, the uh, pig herders inform everyone what just happened. So they come out, they want to see all this. And this is how uh, the people of the town 
react to this crazy change with Legion. Mark chapter 5, verse 17. Then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. There's been this spectacular change, and they say, we don't want any part of this. Jesus, you need to go. I don't know what just happened, but this is freaky. You need to go. Legion, who's been healed, says, can I go with you? And Jesus says, no, you need to go back to your hometown and tell them everything the Lord has done for you. And so he goes, and this is what it says, Mark chapter 5, verse 20. So the man went away and began to tell, uh, began to tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him, and all the people were amazed. So he leaves one place that says, Jesus, you need to go. Whatever change just happened here, we don't like this. You need to go. And then he goes to his hometown and they say, this is amazing. This is incredible. And so what I got from that was that the same change can be wanted or unwanted, depending on how you see it. Different people can be looking at the same change and some can be saying, I don't like that change. I don't want to have any part with that change. And other people can be embracing it, saying, I, I like this. I like this. I'm amazed by this change. Uh, a guy can find out that his girlfriend is pregnant and he can run. Uh, another guy can find out that, that his girlfriend is pregnant and he can embrace fatherhood. The same circumstance, but people are looking at it very differently and they, they uh, respond to it differently. So how do you embrace unwanted change? This is probably how most of us embrace unwanted change. We don't really embrace it. We try to run from it. We try to prevent it. We don't want it to touch us. We, 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 we don't like this unwanted change. And this is why. Unwanted change brings in new skills. New skills bring in frustration. Okay? It's not easy to learn another language. It's not easy to learn a new skill. Sometimes it takes time, energy, commitment, frustration. And so sometimes when unwanted changes come in, we're like, we're looking at the learning curve and we're saying, oh man, it's like I have to go back and learn all over again this, this new thing and I, I, I know it's going to be a lot of work. And then we can get stuck. If we don't handle and embrace change correctly, we can get stuck. Uh, we can get stuck in denial. We can say, I, I can't believe this is happening. In fact, I don't even want to deal with it or look at it. I'm going to pretend it just isn't happening. And when you do that, then you get stuck. Or you can start looking around saying, well, I got to find someone to blame. Uh, and then you play the blame game. And maybe someone else is to blame, but it does no good staying in the, in the world of blame because you don't go anywhere. You don't progress. You get stuck there. Oh, it's his fault. It's her fault. Uh, maybe it is, but you don't want to live there. You got to move and, and progress. Or you get stuck in the land of bitterness. I can't believe they expect me to change. Don't they know who I am? I don't have to change. I've been doing this my whole life. Why do I have to change? And uh, then you, you go into the land of bitterness. Someone once told me that as you get older, you have two options. You either get better at adapting or you become bitter. Um, Mark Twain said, I'm in favor of progress. It's change I don't like. <laughs> it's humorous because... He's pointing out that in order to progress, change is necessary. In order to progress, you have to move in a, another step. You have to be somewhere you weren't the day before. Progression takes change. 
So we are unwilling to change. We're unwilling to progress. And as Christians, following Jesus, part of following Jesus is you have to keep progressing. Otherwise, you don't keep up with him. So 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16 says, Outwardly, we are wasting away. Change is something we can't avoid. Our bodies, no matter how much we might, might have wanted to stay in the fourth grade, we, as long as we lived, we had to go into the fifth grade and the sixth grade. Uh, as much as we wanted to stay young, as long as we're still living, we keep progressing and getting older and older and older. And, and change is something we can't avoid. Um, when life throws you lemons, what do you do? Make lemonade. make lemonade. Or you can make a battery. You can make a battery. Now, making lemonade or making a battery, they're the same thing, which is making the most of something that wasn't very nice. Maybe life threw something at you, you're going through some circumstance that you don't enjoy, you're not looking forward to getting through it, but making lemonade, making a battery out of it is making the most of the situation. You might learn from it, you might get stronger because of it, you might be able to help other people who have to go through that same experience. It wasn't fun to go through cancer, but when you find out someone else in church is going through cancer, they're gonna wanna listen to what you have to say because you went through it. And so um, some of you, when you walked in, you probably were handed a AA battery. If you didn't get one and you want one, they're on the back table, okay? Um, there should be enough for everyone who wants one. Um, and they're good, they're not, I didn't give you um, bad batteries. They're brand new from Costco, okay, they're good. But I gave these AA batteries to you because I wanted you to remember uh, this lesson. And when I was studying, because I started this week really asking the question, God, how can we embrace change? The, the unwanted changes that are necessary. How do we embrace those? Because they're so uncomfortable. We fear them. We avoid them. How do we embrace them? Uh, I discovered these two steps that both start with the letter A. Okay? The first one is accept. Instead of denying, we have to look at reality for what it is and be willing to say, yeah, I don't like that this is happening. It is happening, and I'll accept it. it. Life is this way for me. This is really happening, and I do accept. I don't like it, but I'll accept it. The second A is adapt. Because you can accept it, you can say, I don't like it, and then you can remain bitter, and you can start blaming, and you can just fall into the stuck mode, okay? But adapting says, I'm going to find a new, a new perspective. So let's take a small change. You have plans with, with a couple. They cancel on you. You say, oh, it's canceled. Okay, um, I accept that. And I'm going to do something else this evening. So you, you accept what happened, reality, and then you adapt. You make new plans. That's something simple. Um, in Mark chapter 4, verse 20, Jesus talks about this good soil and he says seed sown on good soil hear the word accept it and produce a crop some 30 some 60 some 100 times what was sown jesus says the good soil are the people who have hearts that say i accept the word of god and i'll adapt i'll let it change my life jesus said that the wise man he hears jesus and his teaching and then puts it into practice. The foolish man hears, but he doesn't adapt. He hears, but he doesn't go anywhere. The wise man adapts. Um, I wanna just show you some, some examples in creation 
that God has given us of things that adapt. Tree roots adapt. When they find a rock, they don't pout, they don't get upset, they go around it. They find a way, like that tree grew up and found a way to survive and adapt. It accepted the fact that there was a giant rock, but it grew up anyways. There are some people who own bonsai trees, and they purposely do this. They plant it on top of a rock so it, it looks like that. All right. Um, if you have a smartphone, there's a good chance that your smartphone is capable of accepting reality, how dark or light it is in the room, and then it adjusts how bright the screen is uh, to avoid this. At midnight, you check your, what time is it, and then it, you, know, you don't want it to blind you. So that's a, a good feature to have. Um, this week, I started the Bible uh, reading plan on my app. It's the church app. You just uh, go to your church app. You click on right here, the Bible, and here's the reading. And each day, it, it can be, if you're listening to the audio part on it, it can be 12 minutes to 22 minutes. That's a, about the range. Now, when I started this this week, uh, I, the first day, I was kind of bummed because the only translation they have is the ESV. I personally like using my NIV. And so I had to decide how I was going to accept this. Either I have to go find a different app and use that, or I have to adapt my perspective. Um, I looked at some other apps and I decided, you know what, I'm going to keep the app, the church app, and go ahead and listen to the Bible in the ESV. Um, one, is good for me to be uncomfortable. Two, it will be good for me to hear another translation because it's almost like hearing the Bible all over again. There will be different words that jump out at me. And so that's what happened is I had to adapt. I had to accept the fact that it's ESV, and then I had to adapt to it. That's a little one. Here's a goose adapting at the zoo around a whole bunch of flamingos, right? Here's some real adaptations. You, you have the Arctic owl that changes in the winter. You have the Arctic fox that changes in the winter. They, they accept reality and then they adapt to reality. When there is a flash flood, when there is just any flooding in your house, you got to act quickly. There are some unwanted changes that happen and you have to move fast. You have to decide fast. You don't have a lot of time to, to think about it. Um, what you're seeing right here is not mud. It might look like mud, but it's not mud. Those are ants. That is a living raft. So a flood came in. These ants acted fast. They said, we got we to gotta do something. If we want to survive, if we want to get through this, we got we to gotta work together. Um, I'd like to point out, I'd hate to be this guy. He's under the water. Hopefully they take turns. Um, but ants are incredible creatures that God has given us. They are examples of adapting, accepting reality, and then adapting really quickly. The golden orb spider is another creature that God has created. I don't really like spiders, but I am fascinated and impressed by them, especially the golden orb spider. Um, every day they spin a new web, and then at night they eat their web, and then in the morning they create another web. And in the 1970s, there was a high school student who said, huh, I wonder what would happen if we put spiders in space. Because how do spiders make their webs? What do they use? Gravity and wind. In space, there's no gravity or wind. So what would spiders do if we shot them up to space? 
what would they do? And so this high school student actually sent in uh, her idea to a space, space uh, program, and by 1973, they actually uh, put two spiders in space to see what would happen. And uh, the spiders, they had to adjust to zero gravity, and, uh, and then they actually started to make a web. Now, they said the first webs looked like a drunken sailor created them. They were terrible. The, the, they, they, they had to adjust, but eventually they started making a new web. In 2011, they did the experiment again, and this is Esmeralda, and she became a, a pretty popular spider because they showed it to the public, and she created this web. And it was a different looking web than the web that she created on Earth. She adapted, she, she accepted the reality, no gravity, no wind, no, you know, but I can still create something and maybe even create something new or better. The people who lost their homes in California, some of them have been able to move on because they have grabbed on to a new perspective. All right, I don't have my, my house, but I still have my home. I still have my kids. I still have my pets. I still have my spouse. I still have a home. I don't have the house, but I have a home. There are um, Tom and Letitia, when they found out they couldn't get pregnant after a while, they decided, you know what, for them, it, it was more important for them to adopt a child than to give birth to a child. Okay, we can't give birth. You know what? Let's adopt a child. Um, I know some of you here have been adopted, and it's beautiful to see the relationship that you have with your parents. Um, Michelle Salt, the one who lost her leg, she decided that that wasn't going to slow her down, that she was going to adapt. And she ended up going to the 2014 Sochi uh, Olympics, and she plans to be in the 2018 Olympics, and the, uh, the Paralympics, okay? And uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse 11 says this, I have learned in whatever situation I am. That sounds like adapting. I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. When you find truly content people, people who are joyful, who are at peace, they are people who, uh, it's not that they're, they don't have anything bad happening in their lives, it's that they have learned to accept and adapt quickly. I have learned in whatever situation I am uh, to be content. I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. This is really good news because for a while the science community was saying there are some people born with the gene that allows them to adapt and there's other people, they just can't adapt. Sorry, if you're not born with the right genes, you can't adapt. But Paul says, no, I have learned to adapt. It's something that everyone can actually do. Everyone can actually learn to adjust and adapt to what's going on, to any circumstance. And Paul goes on to say what the key is to being content your relationship with Jesus and making Jesus your number one priority. No matter what you're going through, Jesus has what you need and he'll help you get through it. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, uh, Paul says, I have made myself a servant to all that I might win more of them. To the Jews, I became as a Jew. That sounds like adapting. To those under the law, I became as one under the law. That sounds like adapting. Paul, where did you learn how to adapt like this? Where did Paul learn 
how to adapt. To the Jews, I became a Jew. Where did he learn it, church? From Jesus. God accepted reality. My, my humans have broken my commands. I accept this reality. I don't like it, but I, I accept it. And he could have just stayed there and brewed in anger and frustration and said, I'm done, and just gave up on the human race. But instead, he, he accepts reality, and then he comes down and he does something about it. He adapts. God becomes human. That's crazy. God adapts. To the Jews, I became a Jew. God beats Paul because God became a Jew. Like, literally, he, God entered flesh. That's crazy. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. Because of Jesus, yes, our bodies are changing constantly. Uh, life is changing constantly. But because of Jesus, we can also change. We can also adapt. We can also handle whatever we're going through and make, we can find a way to make it beneficial for us or for other people because of Jesus. The God who created the Apostle Paul, who created the Arctic fox, the Arctic owl, the spider, um, God who created the Michelle Salt, he's the God who created you. And I want to um, share this last verse with you because it's going to seem like it's not an encouraging verse. It's Acts 17, verse 30. In the past, God overlooked such ignorance, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent. I haven't seen this as an encouraging verse in, in the past, but today I do, because here's, here's the thing. The word repent right there means to change. God commands. If he commands it, he'll enable it. If he's commanding people, and all people are capable of this, he, he can help you change. Change.